Welcome back to the Parrot Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra, and I'm so excited for this episode, as I am for every episode, but this one in particular because we are being super festive and this is our Halloween podcast episode. We're going to be joined by a special guest, and you probably already know her because she's been on the podcast a few times, and we have become bird mom besties. So we're having a Halloween party, and you guys get all of the Halloween and pumpkin spice scoop that we're going to chat about, and that's with bird nerd Sophie. And you can find her on Instagram and YouTube, bird nerd Sophie. Her and her partner, David, also offer consultations for parrot behavior and training and diet and all those types of things. So you can find them at Best Behaved Birds. And today we're going to talk about pumpkin spice and everything birds. So join us for our Halloween party. And as we get dressed up, I'm dressed up as a cat and I know it's really basic, but in fairness, this is a really scary costume if you have birds. Because cats are very scary for birds, and we know that cats hunt birds. They are predators. So this is a really scary costume is what I'm trying to say. And let's get Sophie in on this party. Hi. (laughs) Hi. I'm like blasting music, dancing. I was so excited. <laughs> oh, a little pumpkin on the bed too. I, I haven't carved it yet, but I thought, you know what? He can just he can come as well and yeah. just sit on my bed. I love your headband. Thank you. This this one keeps like trying to. Is it this one? One of them keeps like going woo. So we'll just we'll let it go. I, I walked into the store and I'm like, okay, Sophie's gonna have something cool, so I have to have something cool. And I found these skulls, or I found these cat ears, and I'm like, the skulls are cool, but I would love to do the cat ears. And then I thought, this is a really scary costume anyway. Because we have birds. Very <laughs> true. I I tried to take some pictures of me wearing these with the birds earlier, and it was chaos, screaming, flapping. I was like, guys, it's it's a headband. I managed to get like one picture with Kipling, but this, I mean, they can deal with also they deal with fireworks, no problem. Jet engines, no problem. A headband with some pumpkins on is the worst possible thing ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, so, so funny. I was worried that Mia, after I did the whiskers, that she'd be like, what is going on and who are you? But she's been completely fine. Mm-hmm. Sophie, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> so I know that it's October. Halloween is coming up next week. And I was like, let's have a Halloween party, a bird mom bestie Halloween party. I mean, We're so I'm festive. Ready. I'm ready. I've got my witch's brew. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. And what do you um, have in your cup? So I've got this pumpkin spice cold brew coffee with almond. And I haven't tried it yet because I wanted to try it on camera for you. Um, so excited. I did, Wait, I is it cold it or did you warm it up? It's cold. So it's like a cold brew thing. Oh, so okay. Okay. I know this room. brand. They have it in Canada. Try it. It tastes like a bar of soap. <laughs> Let me try again. Hang on. I I don't know how I feel about it, but it's it's pumpkin spice, so we're gonna go with it. It's in my little cauldron. I'm gonna pretend I like it, and if not, I've got some squash over there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no! Hold on. Does it have even a pumpkin spice flavor to it? 
Yeah, like a very artificial one. I like the other ones in this brand, but this one, oh. it's not ticking the box. I'm more of a gingerbread latte girl anyway. Um, wow. But it's, I'm, I'm going to drink it because it was like three pounds and, you know, <laughs> waste my money. <laughs> it's not my favorite. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not having a PSL and you know how much I love pumpkin spice lattes. I'm a mm-hmm. pumpkin spice latte girl and I'm that girl that as soon as September hits, I'm like, where are all my earthy tone sweaters? I need my boots, my Uggs, and I need to go to Starbucks to get a PSL. I am that girl and I love it, but I can't have coffee in the afternoon or else I'll be up until three in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I have a pumpkin spice tea and it's decaf. Mm, very nice. So it's by Stash. And honestly, I've I've been drinking this stuff for a while and I love it. And my review is that it's really tasty and it has like a more of a natural pumpkin spice taste. I should have got one of those instead, I think. I think that, that would have worked better. But well, we're here now. We're going to roll with it. <laughs> if you can get your hands on this stuff, <laughs> then get this tea for fall. Okay, let's talk about spooky season stuff with our birds. You have mm-hmm. two Halloween YouTube videos and I watched them. And they were so awesome. And I loved all of the ideas that you shared. And then I went grocery shopping and I'm like, right. So I need bell peppers because I'm going to carve those because that was a really creative idea. I need pumpkins and all these different things. So I went shopping and got all this stuff. But I want you to share some fun and festive food ideas or activity ideas or foraging ideas that people can do with their birds. Tis the spooky season. (laughs) season I mean there's so many different things you can do like in my video for example we carved like bell peppers kind of like you do pumpkin carving but obviously bell peppers are slightly more kind of parrot sized and filled it with chop and the birds loved it we did um a spooky uh smoothie in this mug that's why I bought this mug in the first place for that video and I've just kind of (laughs) kept it this whole time um and that was like banana and spinach and other bits and pieces in there so it was like bubbly and green and fun um, and then we did uh, radishes carved out, put a blueberry in, so it looks like a, an eyeball. That was really fun. But there's lots of different ways that you can get creative. I mean, pumpkins themselves are fantastic, like nutrition-wise, for your bird. And if they're in season, it's absolutely worth including that in your chop. Um, but even this time of year, like any kind of seasonal time of year, you'll often find um, children's crafts to be quite cheap. So you often find like paper cups with like Happy Halloween on it. As long as there's no plastic coating, grab mm. those put a hole in it and a little bit of string put some you know crinkle paper in there hang that up in the cage with some treats in you know that's a halloween thing um crinkle yeah, paper a D- diy <laughs> halloween toy 100 mm-hmm, um and just you know crinkle paper itself i bought so much at easter of crinkle paper because when it's in the children's aisle 99% of the time it's going to be safe for birds because it's used with non-toxic stuff um so I have so much left over it's ridiculous but you'll often buy awesome I need to buy more actually yeah <laughs> Mia's like yeah you better buy more <laughs> mm-hmm, she knows so yeah I mean see what's out there for people make sure it hasn't got like a plastic sheen on it but you know the only limit is your own creativity and how you can kind of adapt that for your birds Yeah. And with your little red pepper, green, yellow pepper, the bell pepper, jack-o'-lanterns, I love that in the chop you included pumpkin. Mm -hmm. So that makes it even more festive. (laughs) And I was like, my next chop is going to definitely include pumpkin. So let's talk a little bit about pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Um, Why are pumpkins so great and so nutritious for our birds? 
Yeah, I mean, there's loads of reasons why. Um, they're high in vitamin A, which a lot of birds are deficient in. Um, they're high in vitamin C, which is great for eye health and immune health overall. They're high in vitamin E, which is great for skin health. They've got loads of antioxidants in them. So that again, that's supporting the overall body health of your bird. But the other cool thing about them is they are very nutrient dense, but low calorie. So if you do have an overweight bird or you want to get lots of nutrition in without worrying about um, overfeeding and things like that, then pumpkin is a really great option for that because it's just one of these, it's kind of like a superfood, um, I guess you'd call it, um, because the there's just fall so superfood. <laughs> the hero of October is the pumpkin. So um, yeah, if even for to... mom's coffee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> definitely, definitely worth um, including when it is in season. It's such a shame that it's only in season for a short period of time because it's I know. really delicious. Yeah. We don't get pumpkins often. So when I see them, I'm like, I need to do something with these pumpkins because mm -hmm. they only come around once a year. I don't yeah. really see them like in the winter, in the spring or the summer. So fall is the time to stock up on pumpkins. Mm -hmm. And how do you feed pumpkins to your birds? Like what is a safe way to prepare pumpkins? I know some people like to cook them. Some people like to offer them raw. What do you think? So raw is perfectly safe. Again, a whole myth out there about it's not safe. Raw is perfectly safe for pumpkins and other squashes. Um, and that's how we feed it. We only really feed raw food. We don't cook any foods for our birds. So that's fine. However, if you lightly steam it for about 30 seconds in the microwave, it does make it slightly more digestible. And that's not to say that raw is not digestible. It just increases the amount that can be digested from it. So it's completely up to you if you want to do that. And um, the whole part of the pumpkin is edible. Obviously, you need to wash the skin first because it's been in the ground. So it's yeah. going to be covered in dirt. But the whole thing is edible. So if you do have large parrots or you have like a a huge flock of them that you can just give them a pumpkin and be like, off you go, enjoy. And they can shred the whole thing. Then it's perfectly safe. Yeah, hundred percent. Perfectly safe. As long as there's obviously no, nothing to suggest otherwise, you know, no mold on there, which you wouldn't feed that to your bed anyway. But as long yeah. as you've cleaned it and it's in good, good shape, then absolutely the whole thing is safe. Um, we tend not to feed like the stringy bits, like the, I think you call it like the pith or whatever it is, just because yeah. it's annoying. It gets everywhere, it's stuck to everything. So I take that out. I mainly feed the flesh and obviously the pumpkin seeds themselves as well. And if you have like a large flock or like macaws and you offer them an entire pumpkin and they eat that stringy part, is that safe? Because yeah, I remember so in your fun. video, you said that if they yeah. eat too much of it, it can get like congested in their crop. There's always a risk with like super stringy stuff. I more say it is like a precaution. Like you don't want to just be feeding that just like with um, the strings off of celery. Like you don't want to feed only that you want to be just monitoring what you're offering. Um, but, you know, with an overall really healthy diet with the raw whole food nutrition, there shouldn't be any issues with the crop itself anyway. Um, but the whole thing is completely safe. And the pumpkin seeds, as I said, as well, pumpkin seeds are a huge favorite with all of my flock. All you need to do is get yourself like a nice sieve, get that pith and the pumpkin seed in there, run it under the tap and kind of separate the two. Then I just let them air dry. Again, some people bake the pumpkin seeds. It can um, kind of make them last longer when you dry them out. But I don't know. For me, I just kind of dry them out, air dry them, make sure they're dry, put them in an air airtight container in the fridge. And then that normally lasts for about a week. And um, with my flock, you know, it's, it's normally gone within a week as yeah. well. Yeah. So. 
Well, you've got eight birds in your flock. I do. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) with me, I feel like it would last so much longer. So, Mm -hmm. but I I would also go with that method because I feel like the fresher, the better. Mm -hmm. So when you wash them, I know you wash them in cold water and then you put them out on a paper towel. Mm -hmm. And I think you said you leave them out to dry for eight to 12 hours. Right. Yeah, as, as long as it takes, you kind of just disturb them a little bit, see if they're air drying nicely. Um, you can kind of pat them down with some more kitchen roll paper towels, whatever you want. But air drying is totally fine. Again, this time of year, especially for us, is just cold. So you don't have to worry about it being out in hot weather. Yeah. Um, so normally overnight, it's it's usually kind of dry by the morning and then pop them in an airtight container in the fridge. Perfect. And then they're great in the fridge for a week. Mm-hmm. What if I wanted to bake them? How long do I bake them for and on what temperature? (laughs) So on a low temperature, you don't want to like cook them, you know, crazy. You want to have a a nice low temperature. So it slowly cooks them. Again, when you heat at high temperatures, you kind of destroy the nutrition in there anyway. So if you have your birds, you want it to be on a low temperature. It really depends on your oven. Again, you know, different types of ovens take as long as they take. It can take an hour, two hours. So it's always good to just keep an eye on them, check them every 10 minutes, turn them over um, and kind of go from there. Again, that's another reason why I don't do it because I just can't be bothered to faff about checking on yeah. them. <laughs> I don't have time for that. I'm the same as you. I would just like to air dry them. <laughs> and I know like with pumpkins, so you can feed it raw, you can mm-hmm. steam it, which makes it a little bit more digestible. But what if you wanted to cook it? Can you offer, can we cook the pumpkin? Yeah, I mean, I know can. it's going to kill a lot of those nutrients, but yeah. say we're making pumpkin soup and we're like, well, I have this cooked pumpkin. I'm going to offer some to my birds. That's perfectly safe as long as you let it cool down. Yeah, as long as there's no extras are in there, no salt or oil or anything. If it's just a pumpkin, then you can offer it. Other than the nutrition potentially being destroyed, the other thing you need to bear in mind is cooked foods go off faster than raw foods. Because obviously when you heat Mm. things up, it destroys the cell wall. So, um, you know, if you're... We always say when you're feeding chop, you can leave it out for the whole day. It's not going to go off. It's not going to hurt your birds, nothing like Mm -hmm. that. That's because we feed raw. If you fed a cooked chop, that's probably going to go off in a couple of hours because the cells of those items have broken down. So that's why we're so passionate. Well, one of many reasons why we're so passionate about feeding raw is because Mm -hmm. you can leave it out for longer, make sure your bird eats enough of it. and You're not having to worry about, okay, I need to pull that veg out because it's going to go bad. So if you're kind of just having some one-to-one time with your bird and you want them to try a little bit and you're there, then absolutely go for it. Just bear in mind that cooked foods go off a lot quicker. That's a very good point because mm-hmm. I always, um, I always make a fresh raw chop as well. And I'm like, I know that it's fine all day. Like it's not sitting in the sun or anything like that. Like she's indoors, mm-hmm. but you're right. The cooked food is going to spoil a lot quicker. So something Mm -hmm. to keep in mind, but I do want to add with the cooking part that sometimes if there's birds who are new to vegetables or they're getting introduced to vegetables and you're trying different methods of getting them to try, then cooking is one way that you can get them to taste those vegetables or maybe entice them to try them. But keeping like cooked food, you want to make sure that it's been cooled and you're not offering it hot. And Mm -hmm. that after a few hours, you've removed it because it's going to spoil a lot faster. Yeah, exactly. And also you don't want to cook it to the point where it's like super mushy. Because again, Mm. 
mushy food simulates regurgitated food and that will potentially make your bird hormonal there's nothing yeah. wrong with doing a little bit of cooking or steaming if you are doing diet conversion but long term you know birds don't eat, eat cooked mm-hmm. food in the world so they don't need to eat it in our homes and the you know veggies are perfectly fine uh, as they yeah. are um, yeah. so yeah it, it really depends on your individual situation but raw is always going to be best yeah, for long term, for sure. Yeah, I meant for diet conversion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And how do you find your flock with the pumpkin seeds? Like the first time you offered like the pumpkin seeds out of the pumpkin, because I usually buy them and they're like already, you know, green. Yeah. Um, But the fresh ones, the first time you offered them, were, were they like, what is this? Or were they like, yeah. <laughs> so some of, the, some of the birds like pumpkin seeds more than others, but they prefer them in that form they prefer them in the little white casing they don't like them as much when they're the green like the innards yeah that way so when I offer them because normally I would buy them and they're more expensive to buy when they're in the little white case they're like woohoo let's go we've got so many of these let's let's indulge so yeah they loved it um so hopefully anyone watching um your birds will enjoy it too yay and (laughs) I I noticed that when you were doing your little bell pepper craft. I love this because I bought all the ingredients and I'm going to be making it for Mia this weekend. So I was like, I need to write this all down. You put (laughs) some of the pumpkin seeds in there. I remember you stuffed it with, I think it was kale and some greens. And then Mm -hmm. you put some of the chop that you made, which included raw pumpkin. And then you sprinkled those pumpkin seeds. And then on top, you put a seed and pellet mix Mm -hmm. Yeah, and some sprouts. You can kind of just go wild. It's kind of like, you know, when we make kind of stuffed peppers for us, it depends on your diet. You may yeah. have like minced meat or Get you may creative. have like a veggie alternative. Yeah, I mean, just use things that are bird safe and, and fill it up. Obviously, it's it's kind of like a one-off treat and they're not going to eat everything that's in there. They're probably going to shred it. They're probably going to make a mess. So if you do have, for example, leftover chop, you know, that it's, you know, it's not going to last another day, chuck it all in there. Let them make a great big mess out of it and just, you know, have, have a bit fun. of fun. Yeah. I love it. And I wanted to go back a little bit to the smoothies because you made a witch's brew spooky green smoothie and it looked really delicious. Did you also try it? Of course. I love a smoothie. I know. Um, I love smoothies. I make smoothies (laughs) all of the time and Mia Mm -hmm. loves dipping her beak in my smoothies. But the thing with smoothies is when we make them for ourselves, there's a lot of things that we can add in there that might not be safe for birds. I know a lot of people like to put avocado and protein Mm -hmm. powders and all these different things. So when you're making smoothies that you want to share with your bird, we want to avoid all those things and just use water as your base that was your liquid base and then greens and veggies and fruits that are safe for our birds are always good and mm-hmm. I noticed that you used a banana in yours which is what I use in mine to <laughs> add that like sweetness and like frothy foaminess and yeah. the riper the banana the sweeter it is I love bananas bananas I do love a, a very ripe banana I mean you've got to have a bit of sweetness in your smoothie otherwise it just tastes like you're drinking a soup so I know, you know <laughs> or especially if you put greens in there it just tastes like a herb garden <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants that and also you know especially if you're feeding it to like a conya they're a sweet beak you know you've got to feel that criteria so make sure that there's a little bit of safe sweetness in there for them with the banana again it's really healthy as well so um it's a safe way to offer some sweetness but you know, our guys, they love a smoothie in moderation. Of course, it shouldn't be a huge part of your bird's diet, but for a special occasion, yeah, uh, offering a little smoothie is, is great fun. It's great bonding as well. 
Yeah. And they always love to have whatever we're having. So Mm -hmm. if we're drinking something or eating something, they're going to be like, Hey, I want that too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's a great way to get them to try. And now let's talk a little bit about some seasonal fall foods. Mm -hmm. So what types of fruits and veggies do your birds really like? And what do you really like to offer them during this season? I know there's lots of like farmers markets and even at the grocery store, like all the local stuff and the fall produce is like out on the shelves now. And I think that it's a really great opportunity to switch up the variety that we're offering in CHOP and what our birds are eating and getting more of those nutrients that we don't get all year round. I'll yeah, I mean, start with fruit. I know yeah. apples are huge right now. There oh, are yeah. apples everywhere <laughs> and every kind of apple you can think of. I've been eating so many apples. Like I think they're coming out of my ears. <laughs> I mean, Again, apples are fantastic, lots of nutrition, but they are one of the fruits that are higher in sugar. So Mm -hmm. again, it's one of those ones you don't want to be offering it every day. You don't want huge portion sizes, which is a huge thing as well. You don't want to be giving like a whole slice of apple to your conyo because they are going to be bouncing off the walls. You know, know, fruit sugar is perfectly healthy, but we don't want to be having like majority fruit and a little bit of veg in your bird's diet for for the most part anyway, for most species. So apples are brilliant to offer. And you know go wild with it and and try the different types see which ones they prefer our guys like the red apples so do i it's it's a bit sweeter it's not like the the tart ones yeah i love the pink ladies yeah they're they're nice or there's ones i think it's like jonah prince oh very exotic i don't know is that is that what they're called i think they're called or or maybe it's just jonah i don't know but they're like so crispy and delicious and crunchy i also <laughs> love going apple picking and now is the season and mm-hmm. september october i feel like is like the cusp of the apple picking season and yeah. then you're getting like fresh organic usually hopefully apples and you're getting it fresh from the source like you're picking it from the tree (laughs) and that's as fresh as it can get (laughs) if you have somewhere like that local go for it I don't sadly I I would love to I know it's you know tiny violin for me (laughs) but you know it would be amazing and if you do have that locally then definitely go and get involved in that because it's it's a great fun activity and then you know actually where your food is coming from the other cool thing to offer this time of year is like blackberries they're quite at the moment um because you can see them on the little bushes and stuff um so that's quite a, a wintry kind of autumny um fruit to offer again they make a huge mess anytime i give it to the birds it's all i over know the, all over the floor but and all over their beaks as well head <laughs> gets on their head and yeah. but again loads of nutrition loads of antioxidants in there um and just something else that you may not offer year round that could be really good and again you could go blackberry picking as long as there's not bird flu in your area that could be really fun to do as well Yeah. And if your bird is harness trained, you can Mm -hmm. always bring them with you. They can select their own. I mean, yeah, as long as it's a nice, sunny, warm day. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I was actually looking to see what fall fresh foods are really in season right now. And apples was, of course, number one. Another one was pears. And I've been seeing pears right beside the apples. So pears are another one. Cranberries. Yeah. Pomegranates. Oh yeah. As had pomegranate this week. They love a pomegranate. <laughs> oh, Mia loves pomegranate. As soon as she sees it, she's like, is that what I think it is? Or that's, <laughs> I, that's what I imagine she's saying in her head and she just scurries <laughs> over. And like, they're so delicious and crunchy and juicy. I love them just as much as she does, I think. 
even our cockatiels like them because they're like little seeds right and yeah cockatiels aren't really big fruit eaters but when the fruit is kind of seed like they're like go on then let's indulge let's have some (laughs) i didn't know that about cockatiels so they're Mm -hmm. not crazy about fruit they don't have a sweet beak no, they definitely don't have a sweet beak and fruit isn't really a huge part of their diet in the wild anyway. Um, Chip really isn't into fruit at all. He'll have a little bit here and there. Whereas Fish, he loves banana. If we get the banana out, he's like, come my way. He loves <laughs> indulging. I'll do anything for that. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, which is unusual for cockatiels because, again, they really are not normally bothered by it. So um, oh. if you can maybe try a few things out uh, and see if your bird likes it, then go for it. Yeah, figs are another one that I was oh, seeing at the store. Love a fig. Yeah, and I think a lot of birds, I always see online a lot of like freeze-dried figs or fresh figs and they love it. And Mia loves it too. So um, something about it. A lot of wild parrots have figs as part of their diet as well. So again, it's kind of like you're mimicking the wild a little bit. Obviously our figs are nothing like wild figs, but it's still similar it's still something they would naturally eat so definitely worth including as well but another high sugar fruit I think anyway so yeah yeah I feel like all fruit just has sugar I mean some are higher in sugar than others definitely the tropical fruits and like the juicy apples but the berries probably have a little bit less but still the thing with fruit is is you want to always feed it in moderation and in small amounts and not overdo it or make the whole diet fruit just like us we need a little treat once in a while. Just our treats aren't always fruit. Sometimes they're chocolate bars or donuts. I mean, a few, quite a few chocolate bars for me. But yeah, the, as I said, <laughs> the berries, like your strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries are very low sugar, um, even though they're really nice and sweet. So if you are worried about it at all, you want to mix it up and go for the berries. But there's nothing to say they can't have some of the higher sugar fruits. It's all about portion size. And David and I always say, take a green cheek conya, for example. If you think about the portion size for fruit, you want to be going for about the size of half a grape a day, because if you think about a grape, to us, that's really small. It's just a little grape. To a conya, that's the size of its head. So if you're offering yeah. like the size of their head for fruit every day, and then you wonder why maybe they haven't eaten many of their vegetables or their sprouts, and it's because they're filling up on their fruit. Just bear in mind the actual size of your bird, the tiny little size of their crop, um, and how much you're actually offering of different things. Yeah. And every time you tell me that this is something that parrots eat in the wild, I go and I'm like, that's it. I got to get it because I got to mimic the wild. And last time we talked about mulberries and then I went and found mulberries and Mia's been enjoying those. And now I'm going to go get some figs. (laughs) We won't overdo it. I promise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Let's talk a little bit about of the vegetables that are in season right now that mm-hmm. you can probably find at your farmer's market or grocery store and that are really healthy and safe for our birds. Mm-hmm. So we talked about pumpkins a lot. So we know pumpkins is one of those. The other thing that I think of immediately when it comes to fall is like squash mm-hmm. and carrots and zucchini yeah. and beets. Yeah. yeah. All the good stuff, all the sort of earthy kind of root veg I mean there's so many different types of squash but for some reason in the UK all we get is like butternut squash um, so, in <laughs> Poland yeah um we would love some more variety I'd love to try like a spaghetti squash they look really tasty yes oh my god I love spaghetti squash <laughs> but I haven't had it since Canada and you know what else we I find really hard to get here kale spinach really? no problem but I almost never see kale at the supermarket so little. If you're listening, we need some kale. 
<laughs> that's why I always like make sure that I have dried kale and like other dried veggies where, you know, I don't usually see them in the supermarket. And I think it also depends where you live. Sometimes you have access to certain fruits and veggies and sometimes you don't. So yeah. when I don't have access to something, I just look for a freeze dried or dried version so that I can still offer those things to Mia. Mm -hmm, for sure. Although what you could do is grow some kale microgreens. So I did my microgreens video and the microgreens version is actually healthier than the actual big kale plant. So if you grow right. that on your window. Because I think they have like 10 times the nutrients or yeah, something like super that. Super nutrient dense. So she can still have like the benefits of kale, but like 10 times the amount and then you don't have to go and buy it. You can just grow it at home. So that could be a good way of offering kale. Brilliant. <laughs> And you know what? My husband is super into microgreens and like in the winter and the colder seasons, they do a lot better with growing. So he has this whole system and all these trays and like spraying <laughs> and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy the microgreens. You do it. <laughs> but I love that you have a video on how to grow microgreens because it seems like a really hard, long, complicated process, but it's really not. Yep, exactly. And it's, it's really nutritious and you can mm -hmm. offer it to your bird, but it also is really nutritious for you. Like we would put it on sandwiches, in our salads, as like food toppings. Mm -hmm. Microgreens are great and they have such a great taste too. Yeah, they're, they're really yummy. So with my video, I show chia and they're slightly different in the sense that you don't soak them like you would. So if you were doing kale, the difference would be you would soak that for eight to 12 hours in water um, with like a little bit of grapefruit seed extract or apple cider vinegar. And then you'd spread it on your tray and then start growing. Whereas the chia seeds, because they start to like swell up with water instantly, you don't have to soak them. So that would be the only difference. But if you can include microgreens in your diet and your bird's diet, your health is going to be like, woohoo, this is amazing, party. <laughs> I need I need some microgreens in my life right now. <laughs> I know, getting straight my body if I definitely need some too. Um, but as for like other sort of seasonal veg, yeah, root veg is very um, seasonal at the moment. Parsnips as well. I love a parsnip, roasted parsnips. I make them quite well. I'm a terrible cook, but I, I can do roasted parsnips all right. Um, and carrots, beetroot. Again, beetroot is super nutritious, but the mess it makes. I always I know, it turns everything like it. red pink. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if you add it to the chop, yep. it's going to make the entire chop pink. So don't yep. be alarmed. And the poops. <laughs> and the poops are going to be pink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, everything's going to be stained, which is why I wear gloves to prep it. But then everything gets stained anyway. I get it all down my T-shirt. So beetroot is great to offer. Um, but just... Just be aware you're gonna you're gonna get covered in it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It turns everything pink. It's just mm -hmm. messy, just like berries. Yeah. And red pepper is another one of those that makes the poop turn into a scary color. Where I've had people <laughs> message me and be like, Oh my gosh, why is my bird's poop this color? Or in that video, I saw Mia's poop was red. Is she okay? And I'm like, Yeah, she just ate red peppers or she yeah. ate beets. <laughs> and then she just stained like, the carpet like and then she stained the couch. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> I find that even when I eat beets this is a little TMI <laughs> but when I go to the bathroom it's like pink water <laughs> I'm like what happened oh I ate beets <laughs> it means business <laughs> yeah <laughs> I also really enjoy this Polish soup and we've chatted about this yep. before barsz, mm -hmm. and it's like a red beet soup so whenever I have that soup yeah yeah. My insides, I think, turn pink. 
you know, it's yummy. So if you haven't tried it, try it because it's tasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts. Love Finally, it. I found Brussels sprouts. I was so excited. I'm like, Mia's going to be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this whole summer, I waited all summer for like fresh peas mm-hmm. and they never came. I never saw them in any of the stores. You don't really get I don't know what happened. So I've been buying the frozen ones and just thawing them out. But I always like to get the fresh ones. And this year just didn't happen. So I was really excited when I saw the Brussels sprouts. (laughs) And the broccoli is looking really nice Mm -hmm. this season too. Yeah, love broccoli. You can get like the purple sprouting broccoli, which looks very exotic and fancy. Love that. Um the yeah there's just there's so many different yummy veggies in the UK it's like really 50 50 you either love Brussels sprouts or you absolutely hate them I personally absolutely love them I (laughs) have been known to a whole bowl of Brussels sprouts a little bit of salt even a little bit of almond butter oh the two together wow and that sounds really gross but honestly it's really nice um and the other one was sweet potato wasn't it so you know what (laughs) <laughs> I've done weird things like that too. And they are really tasty. Although I don't do almond butter because I don't really like the taste of almond butter. And mm. I have all these nut allergies that I just decided to stay away from all nuts and not take yeah. any chances, but I'm okay with peanuts and peanut butter. So I've drizzled <laughs> like, really? You don't like peanut <laughs> butter? Oh, keep that one. <laughs> I hate peanut butter. Well, we're so best much. friends on the Brussels sprouts, <laughs> but the peanut butter and the almond butter. <laughs> Um, but I've done like cooked sweet potatoes before and drizzled with peanut butter and it was delicious. I was like, why is this so delicious? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, sweet potatoes are really great. It's another one of those myth ones where people think you have to feed it cooked. It's perfectly safe raw for your bird. If you want to lightly steam it like the pumpkin for like 30 seconds in the microwave, again, it makes it a little bit more digestible, but it doesn't you know, mean that raw is unsafe or is perfectly safe to offer. So if you can definitely include it in your bird's diet, lots of nutrition, again, more vitamin A in there. Those orangey kind of vegetables are full of vitamin A, um, which so many birds, I, I keep saying this, I mean, anytime I mention it, but so many birds are deficient in vitamin A. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's really important to include. And uh, the problem is you often find it with birds who are on mostly seed diets but also sometimes birds who are on a high pellet diet, because a lot of people don't realize how volatile the synthetic vitamin A is in pellets. So if your pellets come into contact with light or air, quite often the vitamin A starts to break down. So the storage recommendation is often to keep it in the packet it comes in and put it in the freezer and just take out what you need because it's the vitamin A is so volatile that by the time you get to the end of the bag, if you haven't stored it correctly, sometimes there's not even any vitamin A in there. So that's Mm. something that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. I mean, as long as like they're not expired, if they're not in the freezer, they're still okay. But the vitamin A just decreases every time. That's a really good tip to put the pellets in the freezer. And I mean, I know we feed the same pellets, Harrison's and Tops, and those are both safe in the freezer, right? I mean, we we only really feed tops um, currently, but okay. uh, you can put both of those in the freezer if you want to and take them out. You don't have to because, you know, for example, with us, tops is like a little extra that we do in the dry mix. We don't personally mm. store it in the freezer right now because I know that my birds are getting all of the vitamins and minerals they need from real food but it's just like a little extra a little added yummy Um, but if you want to store it in the freezer keep it in the same bag it comes in you'll notice that 
um, some of the pellets, they come in bags that don't have that sort of see-through window, so you can't see them inside. And that means that no light's getting to it, which is great. But, you know, if you're leaving the bag open, you're not sealing it properly, that kind of thing, then some of those things will start to degrade over time. So if you want like to completely maximize any nutrition that's in there, keep it in the original packaging and store it in the freezer and make sure you always do the little zip thing and get all the air out. Yeah. Have you ever tried any of like the bird food, like a NutriBerry or pellets? Let, how can I be diplomatic? I've tried some of the pellets that are colorful and they taste like cereal. So if you're feeding those, please don't. Stop. Um, something, <laughs> something Stop. Really so we often say, you know, these colorful pellets, if they're all brightly colored, they're probably not going to be very good for your bird. I mean, we've got yeah. some content about pellets on our channels about what's actually in them and what they do to the body. But what's really interesting is certain brands, and we're not going to say anything because we don't want to get sued today, but certain brands have actually been banned in the UK and in the EU because of the colours and the preservatives and the additives yeah. that they're using. It's not up to our standards. So bear yeah. that in mind. If it's getting banned in some places in the world. Yeah. Eating it. I don't know. <laughs> I won't say it happens much. a lot with like human foods and pet foods. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the EU and the UK is like really strict. And I love that. Mm-hmm. But if you're outside of the EU and the UK, then you really want to be checking those ingredients. And I mean, both of us talk about on our channels and our social media about the really good high quality pellets that you can offer your birds. So it's just better to go with those trusted brands and not fall into the marketing of like, oh, they're colorful. They're pretty. My bird will like it. Or it's banana shaped. It's cute. Those are all marketing tactics. And if, you know, we have a taste tester now, (laughs) Sophie (laughs) has tried those pellets and they taste like cereal. And even I know, and I'm sure you do too, like if you have cereal like for breakfast, I just get like this sugar rush, you know? Mm-hmm. So what do you think's happening in your bird's body? So the quality of the pellets are really important. Yeah, for sure. And one of the things that we always say, again, we're not gonna we're not gonna make this a pellet discussion, but just as like a finishing point, have a look at the ingredients list of the pellet that you want to feed or are feeding. Do you know what these ingredients are? Are there like so many of them? Do you actually recognize them? Is this the sort of thing that you want to actually putting it into your bird's body? Um, How are they processed? You know, there's a lot of things to consider there. So um, it's always good to know what's actually going on in your bird's food um, and do, you know, some more investigating. Yeah, 100%. So we talked about all this fun stuff. Let's get into the trick or tweeting. Oh, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) when I thought of that, I'm like, that is so clever. I I hope that Sophie laughs. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And everybody listening. (laughs) Speaking of a trick or tweeting, I saw your video that you did recently on the top five treats to offer small birds. So Mm -hmm. I'll let you talk about what those are. And then we can talk more about the different types of treats that you can offer your bird, whether they're trick or tweeting on Halloween or just overall for training and rewarding and special occasions, because Mm -hmm. that's what we want to leave treats for is those types of things and not a regular thing in their diet. Yeah, exactly. And you want to make sure what you're offering as a treat is actually reinforcing. So, you know, if you're offering, say, for example, if I offered pickles, pumpkin seed for treats, she'd be like, that is a trick. I do not, I don't want to work for that. That is awful. How dare you? You know, this is parrot abuse. Or but if I offer her a sunflower seed, she's gonna be like, okay, well, what are we doing here then? So 
It really depends on your individual bird, which is why it's useful to do a treat hierarchy test, you know, lay some treats out in front of your birds, see what they're going for first, second and third, and then take those out of the diet and just use them for training and foraging. Um, but some of the best ones to offer and to try with your bird includes um, hemp seeds. We offer them in the shell because it's fun to crack the shell open and get the treat inside. Sunflower seeds, again, they're kind of demonized, but that's for people who like only feed sunflower seeds. That's right. the thing um safflower seeds are great but you often can't get human grade versions which is kind of lame so you have to like pick them out of the seed mixes yourself uh mm -hmm. walnuts are a superfood high in omega-3 fatty acids Those uh, are and amazing and uh, millet as well millet is really great to offer it's a uh, high protein low fat again everyone thinks that all seeds are high fat but they're not um but for us we always say when you're offering millet especially if you are fairly bonded to your bird just break off the little buds don't offer the whole like sprig because they're gonna be like is that a snake like am I getting the whole thing for this one behavior just break yeah. off the little buds and offer it that way and then you'll have more sort of portion control success with training yeah especially with training like if you have the whole wand or stick, whatever <laughs> it's called <laughs> if you give them you know the millet and they're nibbling on it and then you're taking it away then yeah. it gets confusing for mm -hmm. your bird so I really like that you mentioned that and breaking off a small piece and then giving that to them so that they can enjoy it and know oh this is my reward for this behavior or because I did this yeah exactly um, Mia also loves walnuts. Those are her favorite. And I love walnuts because for her, it's a high value treat or reward and you can break it up into smaller pieces. And if your bird is bigger, then you can leave it in bigger chunks. So I love nuts like that, where they're like versatile, you can change the size. Mm -hmm. And I know you've talked about this a few times before. Sunflower seeds are great. And a lot of small parrots really love them. And if you get them out of the shell, I know that you break them in half. So then you've got two out of one sunflower seed, two training sessions. <laughs> Definitely. Um, there's nothing wrong with offering the sunflower seeds <clears throat> in the shell. It just means that you're offering a really big treat for just one behavior and then your bird may get full up quicker. So if you're using smaller treats, because generally speaking for treats, you want your bird to be kind of like chomp, 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 I'm done, ready for the next behavior. If they're just sat there like snacking away, they're going to kind of forget what you even, like, they even earned it for. And they're just, they're spending all their time snacking, their motivation may drop and enthusiasm. So you want to be having literal like bite-sized pieces. Um, so when you break the sunflower seeds into smaller bits, then you know you get more for your money, so to speak. Yeah. And what I found really interesting from your video is that your number one was hemp seeds. Mm -hmm. Your birds love hemp seeds. Yeah. And I was like, how interesting. I thought it was going to be like sunflower seeds or safflower or like almond or pistachio or walnut. <laughs> so I was so surprised when you were like, number one is hemp seeds. Drum roll. <laughs> yeah, no, it's every single one of my birds will do anything for a hemp seed, especially when it's in the shell. We tried out the shell and they're like, eh, it's cool, but it's not as fun as, you know, breaking yeah. apart the shell. And again, they're perfect because they are the perfect portion size. They break open the shell, eat the little hemp heart inside, and then they're ready to go again. And then you can put them in those little treat straws that I make, or you can put them like in foraging trays and stuff. And they're so healthy. You know, again, they're high in omega-3 fatty acids, which are great for reducing inflammation in the body healthy fats that we keep saying um, and there's lots of other nutrition in there so if you can offer your bird hemp seeds see if they like it try it a few times it's really worth having in the diet and seeing if maybe they could be high value for your bird yeah absolutely and do hemp seeds also have like a calming effect 
on birds they, they can do yeah obviously when we talk about calming foods it's not going to completely like zen them out yeah but, um you know different foods combined like it's not that kind of hemp <laughs> no it's definitely not that kind of hemp so don't worry if you're like why are they suggesting that it's not yeah. that kind of one it's safe so hemp seeds uh different types of mint uh, mint lemon balm lavender tulsi uh there's loads of calming uh food to birds got a video on that on my channel um but um they're not going to completely chill your bird out but if you are looking for kind of calming foods and your birds may be a little bit stressed there's nothing wrong with including these in the diet and seeing if it just kind of takes the edge off a little bit yeah absolutely i love that what are some other fun treats that we can offer i also mentioned pistachios i know mm -hmm. mango love loves pistachios like your birds love the hemp seeds because he'd love to crack open the shell <laughs> so that was always like a jackpot reward for him because he gets mm -hmm. to like crack open that shell but Mia's beak is not as strong as his. He's a sun conure. She's a green cheek. And I find that she, I don't think, would be able to crack open like a fully sealed pistachio. But that's really fun for birds that have strong beaks or are bigger. And again, the pistachio, you can cut it up into smaller pieces. I also find that Mia really loves almonds. I think it's because they're a little bit sweeter and she loves that crunch as well. But another great treat that's perfectly sized is pine nuts. Yeah. And only Charlie likes pine nuts here. Um, you, you know, there's a um like example, one out of eight birds. <laughs> one out of eight. Bertrix talks about pine nuts all the time, which is great that it works for so many birds they work with. But for my birds, only Charlie likes pine nuts and they're pretty high value for him. So we kind of reserve them for going back in the cage or doing something really cool or like a jackpot reward. But the rest of my birds just don't really like them. So that's why it's really important to do something like a treat hierarchy. See what your bird actually chooses uh, and do it several times. You can do it throughout the year because sometimes their preferences will change seasonally. Um, I know Olive, other than walnut and things like that and just about anything, sweet beak, her one of her favorite treats or anything is anything coconut related she loves coconut oil off the spoon she'll go and lick that she loves coconut shreds obviously all raw freeze-dried coconut cubes and i hate coconut i hate the smell of it i hate the taste of it really there's i so, love coconut no, there's so many sacrifices <laughs> i make for these birds including having to put up with coconut <laughs> what about like dried coconut flakes oh no can't no no coconut water i don't even like the smell of it for like shampoo or anything i can't be doing with it I, I want to I want to like it but every time I try it's like what <laughs> well everybody has like everybody's different and we like different scents and we have different tastes and you know the chemistry of our bodies are all a little bit different so mm. we all have our preferences <laughs> That's it. I'll leave it for Olive she can she can enjoy <laughs> so Olive is the only one from your flock that loves all things coconut um, I mean, most of the Konyas do like coconut, but I, okay. if I show her like coconut on a spoon, she will fly to me. She's like, give me the coconut. So, and yeah. all uh, olive oil, coconut <laughs> oil is safe to offer to your bird in small amounts. Also, I, I call her olive oil. That's one of many nicknames. Oh, that's so cute. I didn't <laughs> even olive know oil. and it accidentally just came out. It's like you I knew. knew. It's like we're connected. <laughs> yeah, um, coconut oil, as long as it's raw, um, that kind of thing and organic, uh, perfectly safe to offer your bird again. 
got a video on that. Um, it has loads. There's a of video really, from everything. Basically, <laughs> there's Between loads of our <laughs> channels and David's channel. I think there's a video for everything. <laughs> basically, that's what we're trying to achieve here. Um, but yeah, in moderation, there are so many health be benefits, including balancing hormones. Uh, again, healthy fats and things like that. There's just so many amazing things that coconut oil can do for your bird. If you can get them to like it, you can sort of melt it slightly, drizzle it over their chop. You don't want to be mixing it into a whole batch, but you know, daily you could do that. You can offer it on a spoon. If you're making a birdie bread, you can make it with coconut oil instead of a different type. So definitely investigate if you're not aware of coconut oil benefits for birds. Ooh, <laughs> today I learned. So Mia's mm -hmm. going to try some <laughs> coconut oil. <laughs> I, I love this because every time I'm always like learning something new to enrich Mia's life even more and for her to have even more variety in her life. <laughs> it's always something new to learn, always. Yeah, and that's the thing with, you know, having pet birds, like they are difficult pets compared to some other pets and there's a lot to know when it comes to being a responsible bird owner and so that's one of the things is that we're always learning we're constantly learning and there's always something new to learn and there's always more information coming out and you know all these videos are really informative as well so yeah <laughs> I wanted to ask you some fun Halloween questions about your flock before we go huh? so let's start with my first question if your parents were to go trick or tweeting <laughs> what <laughs> costumes would they dress as oh that's a really good question I feel like Olive would be a princess it's not very scary but I think if she's gonna dress up she'd dress up as a princess oh um... I was just thinking the same for Mia <laughs> <laughs> I think Pickles would do well as like a little a little witch, you know, being like a little chubby witch with a little hat on. <laughs> that would be cute. Um, I don't know, Scampy, who'd do well as like maybe a vampire. Uh, and Kipling would have to be a devil because he's an absolute monster when he wants to be. <laughs> the, the little crimson shift in like behavior, and he can be sweet as pie and then an absolute monster. <laughs> I think that would have to he be. did the mash. He did the monster mash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think for like chip what would you say for chip for example chip and fish oh yeah. my gosh could they be like what is it from dr seuss this and that <laughs> thing one and thing two yeah thing thing one and thing two this and that <laughs> Clearly, I haven't looked at a Dr. Seuss book in I ages. I knew what you meant, though. I knew <laughs> thing one and thing two. And that also, so cute. Maybe you would have to go as a pirate because he only has one leg. Oh, um, that's really cute. Actually, that's a really cute costume. Yeah, I think I think that's everybody. Oh, Charlie. We haven't done Charlie. He would be. What would he be? A cute little pumpkin. Oh my goodness, yes. Or a scarecrow, like put like a little like straw hat and he can be a little <laughs> scarecrow. Either or, or a pumpkin scarecrow. Why not combine both? You know, who says there's rules in, in dressing up? <laughs> there we go. There are no rules. On Halloween, you can be anything you want to be. Exactly. <laughs> okay, if your parents hosted a Halloween party, what kind of beak-tastic decorations would they put up? Um, I think probably just shredded paper. They probably like bite their own little little uh, garlands and things. 
<laughs> that's that's exactly what I was imagining. Just like shredded everything everywhere. Basically, everything that's hanging furniture. is just like shredded paper. <laughs> and then crinkle paper just like hung from the ceiling like cobwebs. I think, yeah, that that would probably be as far as they'd go with creativity. <laughs> and pumpkins. Maybe they could carve their own pumpkins. They might. They very might. But the carvings would be really messy. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be very spooky and very scary. <laughs> okay. If your parents went on a ghost hunt, would they be scared of any paranormal beactivity? You've been on it with the puns, haven't you? <laughs> Um, I had yeah. to for Halloween. I had to. We're having fun. Dip and fish because of their cockatiels. They do suffer from night frights now and again. So they're scared of their own shadow sometimes. If one of their own feathers falls out in the night because they're molting, they're like, oh my goodness, it's it's a ghost. So I think chip and fish would be. They the would be scared. I knew they would be scared. <laughs> and the conures are probably like, I'm not scared. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if your parents had a Halloween band, what would they call themselves? What would their band name be? You're putting me on the spot with creativity. I know. The Spooky Squawkers. (laughs) You're doing it for me. I don't... I, I was going to call them the pumpkin patch, but that, that's <laughs> I think we'll have to go with the spooky squawkers because I'm I'm terrible. But we the pumpkin like, patch is so cute. For me, like with our business name, Best Behaved Birds, with my uh, YouTube name, Bird and Sophie, it just like came to me in like a vision. Like I'm not very good at like, hey, let's sort of think about this. Let's brainstorm. I literally just wait for the idea to come to me and I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll do that. That, that works. <laughs> I'm not very good at on the spot, like <laughs> creativity. Tell everybody how they can find you on social media. In the introduction, I already told them, but let them know how they can find you and your business. Mm-hmm. So my username is Bird Nerd Sophie. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, um, just at Bird Nerd Sophie. And then our business is Best Behaved Birds. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Behaved Birds. And our website is www.bestbehavedbirds.com. Yeah. And if you're looking for a consultation because you need help with behavior, training, diet conversion, literally anything, Sophie and David are going to help you and you are in great hands. Thank you. We'll do our very best. As long as it's not medical related, because we are not vets. We are bird trainers. Um, We can help you with all kinds of things. But if it is medical related, go to your avian vet, get your bird checked out. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, since you mentioned that, I saw that you did a Q&A and someone had asked you how often you should take your bird for a vet checkup. Mm-hmm. And I know you answered that on social media, but I'll let you quickly answer that because I know it's a little bit different from what I saw in your post <laughs> in the UK compared to us over here. We go for an annual visit, but I actually go sometimes every six months because I'm a crazy bird mom. <laughs> and so I usually take her like every six months, but our vet is always like an annual checkup is perfectly fine. Yep. But if there's something that you feel like something's wrong or I'm unsure or something's weird with the poops or anything, behavior or runny nose, go to the vet. Yeah, if there's any, ever anything and you're not sure, don't message us. Go to your vet because uh, we can't help you. Only your vet can help you with health-related concerns. But in different places in the world, it's very hard to get booked in for like annuals or uh, even more frequent because there's just not enough avian vets out there. 
I know, for example, if I try to get all eight of my birds booked in regularly, it's just not going to happen. And in fact, some vets won't even see you unless there's actually some sort of health concern because they are so oversubscribed. They've got so many um, patients on hand because there's so few avian vets that's just kind of going and be like, oh, well, my bird's OK. I just want you to have a quick look. They'll be like, hmm. You know, we've got other priorities here with birds that really need to be seen. And you may have to wait a really long time, if at all, to get an appointment just for like a general, here's my bird. There, you know, nothing yeah. is unusual. So, so it's always good to maybe book ahead, even yeah, if it's it, months ahead. Yeah, you can definitely do that. Um, and there is no shame in not doing annuals as well, because the risks of doing, for example, blood tests, there is massive risks with that. And, you know, if you want to get blood done for your bird, that's cool. But you have to bear in mind that with any kind of procedure, especially with birds, there will be a risk. So it's all about weighing things up for us as well. Um, not to kind of toot our own horns, but, you know, we've been working with birds for a really long time and, I'm I'm a super, super anxious individual. So if I think that something is at all unusual, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're the same. If there's anything at all unusual, I'm going to go to the vet anyway. Um, I'm not just going to kind of wait for an annual or I'm not just going to kind of wait it out. So just be hypervigilant. If you think there's something wrong, go to the vet. It's always better to do that. I'm not saying never go to a vet, but I'm also saying if an annual exam is not something that's possible for you where you are in the world, that's completely fine as long as you take your bird to a vet when they need it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's also the service that Vetster provides where you can book an avian vet online. And I know you and I are both affiliates with them. And that's always an option to do like a video call and talk with an avian vet and, you know, let them see your bird on camera. I know it's not the same as in person, but it's better than nothing, especially if you just want to do a general like checkup or you have questions that are medical or anything like that yeah for example like the amount of people I've had sending me videos like what's wrong with my bird and they're literally just crop clearing you know an avian vet will be able to tell you it's normal it's just crop clearing uh, or regurgitation it may just be like a hormonal bird and they can explain that through video that's a really great service and I highly recommend if you haven't already to go and check out Vetster with uh, Sandra's affiliate link um, because it's great to have <laughs> um but I've got all my birds registered on there so if I ever need to do it I can just be like bam 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 book an appointment off you go and you can often get same day appointments mm -hmm. uh, which I think is a really great service and it's very affordable for what it is as well and it's, it's a lot cheaper than you know an appointment with my actual avian vet in person so yeah. if you think that you're not quite sure then go for it and see see what happens yeah absolutely okay we're gonna wrap things up the last thing that we're gonna talk about with everybody is just a few quick tips on halloween eve because we know that on that day there's decorations people are ringing the doorbell people are dressed up there's kids trick-or-treating there's music playing there's all kinds of spooky sounds so what are some precautions that we can give people to keep their birds you know safe and calm especially if they have birds that are a little more scared like cockatiels or anxious you know these loud sounds or all these trick-or-treaters might be scary and might be triggering for them yeah. So make sure your bird has a nightlight when they go to bed. We always recommend not covering bird cages or if you have to for your kind of setup, just do like the top third or the back and sides and leave the front open. Because in fact, not being able to see out is more scary than being able to see out and have a little nightlight and they go, OK, it's not a ghost or whatever it may be. <laughs> there's, there's the main girl herself. <laughs> um, you know, it's not like a scary thing. It's just, I don't know, a, a book's fallen over. It's not something super spooky or a predator coming to eat me. So that's important. 
You can play um, some calming music as well if you think that there's going to be noise outside. You can get your bird used to different kinds of sounds. For example, our birds couldn't care less about fireworks because we've done a lot of descents training with them. Uh, you can go for the calming foods as well that you mentioned, offer some of those mm-hmm. a little bit before bedtime. And if you are having any kind of celebration for Halloween, maybe have your bird in another room so they can be away from any decorations, any unsafe foods, any party Keep them away from candy. Yeah, exactly. Party Don't light any candles. Them. <laughs> yeah, basically just have them somewhere else that they can kind of do their own thing and not be in the middle of it because it can be a bit overstimulating as well. Yeah. Actually, speaking of candles, like with the pumpkins inside, instead of using an actual candle, you can use those LED ones. I actually Mm -hmm. have one up here and that's going to make sure that, you know, it's a lot safer. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sophie, so much for joining me and for talking about all things Halloween and pumpkin spice and everything birds. Thank you for having me as usual. (laughs) 